Hi there. I'm Bunny Terry, and you're listening to the I Love New Mexico podcast. Whether you're a native New Mexican who's lived here for your entire life, or you're just considering a visit, this episode is for you. Join us as we share a lot of New Mexico stories, talk about all things New Mexico, and include topics like what's magical here, where you ought to visit, what's happening, and the things you absolutely cannot miss in the land of enchantment. We're excited that you're here, and we can't wait to show you what an amazing place New Mexico is. Because, let's face it, I love New Mexico. Hi there, and welcome to the I Love New Mexico podcast. I'm Bunny Terry, and um, I have a special guest today, Kenny Terry, who just happens to be my nephew, but is also one of my favorite musicians and the person who records the um, our intro music um, that's from his first album. And so welcome, Kenny. I'm so glad you could be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, you're you're um, you're not just a celebrity in our family. You're sort of a celebrity <laughs> across the state. Um, at least I think so. Um, I you play music and you started playing music years years ago, and you're a songwriter. And um, I'm I'm just curious. Tell tell our listeners who you are. Um, a little bit of your New Mexico story, and then we want to hear about the music piece. Where did that come from? Okay, so um, my story, I guess, would be I started playing guitar when I was about 16, um, in which your son had a big hand in teaching me how to play. And, uh, you know, I I kind of, when I got to college, I... I uh, kind of got a chance to play quite a bit more and started learning more more music and kind of got to the point of maybe I should write some of my own stuff. And so that's kind of how that came to be. I, I started playing in bands. Uh, my first band was 2002. And so we, you know, there's been countless different groupings and different band names and everything since then in 20 years I guess um but the wow is it it's 20 years 20 years <laughs> yes yeah yes wow and okay. so uh so the the song the song New Mexico was actually written by a friend of mine um his name's Cole Breakbill and one of his writing partners from a about I would guess 2004 2005 somewhere in there and uh, they actually wrote it as a bluegrass song um, and it actually has like oh I don't know I think I I recorded it with like two verses or maybe three but I think it has like five verses and like some really sweet wow. bluegrass breakdowns but i don't know if they ever recorded it i think i may have the only recording of that so um but yeah it just whenever i remember the first time i heard it i was like oh i gotta start playing that song it just and, and of course like the last the last time we played we actually had to play it twice because somebody missed it and they were like we gotta hear that song 
Well, you, you've played in some pre, well, first of all, I think we should tell people, you know, our listeners who don't know you, um, we, can you, can you first tell them where to find you if they're looking online, if they're looking for some, I know, um, we play you on Pandora. Um, is there a place where people can find your music and can you tell them what you're classified as? Sure. So we're, we're classified, I guess, if genre wise, we're classified as uh, Americana alt country somewhere in there um but we're on all the platforms um well like i use title um which is t-i-d-a-l it's a little more artist friendly um spotify apple music pandora um any of those and then so the current group is called the ghost runners and so i think we're at ghostrunnersmusic.com um, and then we're of course on Instagram and Facebook and, uh, there may be a band camp we're on there. So there's a, there's quite a few different platforms to find us. And then of course the old, older stuff, uh, the first record is under Kenny Terry, which is just, uh, my name with a weird spelling. <laughs> and then, you um, tell them what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh it's k-e-n-e-t-e-r-r-y and then the second record was released as kenny terry and the bourbon cowboys and that record was called jackalope and uh so yeah there's there's those and maybe a ghost runners record well so. and i'll and and we'll also put links we'll provide links for everybody but um you you've played um in a lot of fun places, I, you know, you've re, I mean, you opened for Randy Rogers. Is that right? Where was that? That was in Portales. That was at Eastern. Um, yeah, that was in 05, I believe. Uh, but yeah, we've, and we've opened for, uh, we've opened a few times for Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Um, we got to hang out with those guys some. And so, and there was a few others in you know in between there and before and after um but yeah so so you, you and i kind of we have this um um equal obsession with sort of following people around um new mexico look i well i think who did did we go and see um who did we see out at the bridge at santa fe we um, we did see roger klein out there oh, oh okay mm -hmm. that's who we saw and um oh my gosh now i can't now I can't think of his name, the guy that did the movie with we, um Yeah, I think we also saw Ryan Bingham. Yeah, Ryan Bingham. Now there's a mm -hmm. there's a New Mexico musician we ought to try to get on the show, right? <laughs> Absolutely. He's a Hobbs, he's a Hobbs guy, right? Ho Hobbs. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. And you recently played a really fun gig. Um you got to tell people about that. Where'd you play this? Because I think it's such a cool <laughs> thing. I want to. I want to. I want to interview those folks who are running that joint. Talk about that. For sure. Um, so we played. Oh, it's been a couple weeks ago. I think it was Labor Day weekend. We played at. Uh, it's called the Colfax Tavern, um, but it's. I don't know if. I, I don't know, but everybody just calls it Cold Beer, New Mexico. And so it is in between Cimarron and Raton, and it is literally out in the middle of nowhere, but 
it's an incredible venue. I mean, it's so it's just so cool. Like like twenty beers on tap, a great stage, uh, like great food. Uh, like it's it's incredible. I I can't believe it's out there. So <laughs> it's it's really cool. So do people go? Do people go to? Do they go there and camp? I don't. I don't get. I mean, how do you? If you're going to go there and drink beer, what do you do? Yeah, you know, uh, some people just like dry camp out there. Um, I know that's what we did. We, you know, we had friends with a camper, and we just pulled up in the parking lot. Um, and there was a few others that did that. Um, but people came from Raton and from from camping in Cimarron Canyon and from. Roy Mascaro. I mean, there was, there's just kind of a, there's quite a group of folks that, that kind of call that their, their home base as far as their little, their little tavern. So, so you you play. I mean, all the guys you play with are from New Mexico, right? Um, uh, yeah, I believe so at the moment. Except for Shem, who's a New Mexico guy who ran off to Mississippi, right? Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> but he's an Almagordo Al Al guy. I was just thinking about um, music venues here. Um, I mean, they're they're the ones that a lot of folks, especially a lot of folks in Santa Fe, know. I mean, I mean, he had a gig one time at the Cowgirl, right? What happened to that one? We <laughs> so we actually did, um, and it was back with the Bourbon Cowboys in those days, and uh, it was the latter part of December of, I think that was 06, um, but it was like one of the, it was like a, a weather anomaly for New Mexico that year. Uh, we took off from Portales, though, I mean, it was probably 50 degrees, clear skies. By the time we got to Vaughn on our way in, the snowflakes were, uh, they were pretty good size. They were three, four inch snowflakes and it was coming down hard. And uh, I remember a guy in that truck stop there in Vaughn was like, if you go south, you're going to be fine. But if you try to hit the interstate, it's it's shutting down already. And so we're like, ah, oh, we're good. And of course, we had the whole band. Um, we had a couple of girlfriends, three girlfriends, maybe. I don't think anybody was married yet. One of the girlfriends was like eight and a half months pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and so we of course we take off and we're five miles out of Vaughn and we're like we're not gonna make it I don't know you know like we were just we were the, the roads were just they were ridiculous and so we ended up getting stuck in Willard that night like luckily we made it to Willard we got stuck there for three or four three nights four days so so we have to tell people what Willard is. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know the population there, but it's I'm I'm guessing under two hundred, maybe under a hundred. I, I don't yeah. know. It's very very small, and uh, yeah. So we we camped out in their fire station for a few days. We the Willard Cantina was still up and going at that point in time, and so yeah we. The community took really good care of us. We found that cantina and went over there and made friends with those guys. And uh, we actually ended up playing a show at the cantina. <laughs> there was nothing else to do. We had all our stuff. And so we never made it to the cowgirl. Um, we just, we never hooked back up with them after that. But uh, 
we did we played the the Willard Cantina after a, after like a UFC fight or something that they all wanted that they had bought and uh, we just we jammed out for for like twelve people I think. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, you know Patrick who owns the can the who owns the cowgirl is now my friend. So maybe I'll um. I'll send him a copy of the, of the uh, podcast <laughs> and see if they might want to rebook you from 2006. <laughs> yeah, right on. That would be hilarious. I, I, what do you think about New Mexico music? Do you think that, um, you know, I, th I know the old timers like Bill Hearn, who um, used to hang out. Like, I, I think Bill Hearn taught Lyle Lovett and Roger, Robert Earl Keen how to play guitar. I think that Bill and Bonnie, um, who are, and Bonnie's passed away now, but those, those are like old New Mexico musicians from way back. And they lived down in Texas at the time. And then, um, uh, you know, his nephew, why can't I think of his name? He does the, the Taos big barn dance, but I, I mean, I think the Americana scene is pretty alive and well here. Don't you? Oh yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, like, of course those guys, um, I know that a lot of those those guys that like I guess would be considered like Texas artist pioneers of that of that kind of their Americana genre, you know, a lot of their their beginnings were in Red River. Um, Ray Wiley Hubbard and uh, Robert Earl Keen, like those guys, kind of they you know they that's kind of they cut their teeth on a lot of their stuff right there, um, and of course, I mean. It's just getting ready for this podcast. I was kind of looking up some of the the different gems of musicians and and like you know really you know kind of some people that set the standard in the in the industry itself were you know came from right here you know Norman Petty and Clovis um, that was it that you know his contribution to to rock and roll and and country rock and roll are huge. Um, there's all, you know, like John O'Manson there in Santa Fe, like he's done some incredible stuff. And uh, I mean, just just the list is, it, I mean, it goes on and on and on. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's kind of, I would get, I would say like, you know, being this close to Texas, like, everybody's like oh you know all the music is is from texas but but we've had such contribution to it as well that it's uh, often overlooked i think well so for for people who don't know um norman petty is sort of famous for doing something else besides <laughs> influencing what but have you been to the studios in clovis I have, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and so so one of the guys that plays with us a lot is uh, Johnny Mulher, who is another New Mexico musician legend. Um, but yeah, so when I worked for the Chamber of Commerce in Clovis uh, right out of college, and so yeah, I got to hang out at that studio and hear a bunch of old stories and uh, meet some of those old guys that that recorded in that studio and. Uh, it like some of those stories are just unbelievable of how just like how like how Johnny was telling us just a couple months ago about how 
Buddy Holly came to record with Norman. And how was that? I'm I'm curious about why. I mean, he was from Lubbock, right? So, yeah, he's a Lubbock guy. Um, but he actually was on with a with a label out of New York City, and wasn't getting any traction. Um, he had a record, I think, maybe with Decca, uh, which was a, a big label at the time, and they were kind of like writing him off. They were kind of like, you know, man, like it, it's just not happening. And uh, from what Johnny was telling us, that uh, Buddy called Norman because he had really good rates as far as like his studio time and his producing time. And he called Norman up and was like, hey, can we come over? You know, we're going to be back in Texas, whatever. And kind of the rest was history after that. They got a good deal on some studio time and went over there and, I mean, made one of the, the, you know, the records that influenced the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and uh, like just a pretty big, a monumental moment in rock and roll history, really. Is that where they recorded That'll Be the Day? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I believe, I think all of those, of course, and Johnny was telling us, those had already been recorded under, under DECA. And he was saying a lot of that, uh, some of the, the back and forth with Buddy and the, the major label, all that that conversation is on YouTube. And he said, like, you can you can get on oh, there. You're kidding. And, and you can hear these phone conversations of Buddy, like, asking the guy, hey, can I get my master's? I'm going to. And, of course, they're like, no, you, you know. So anyway, however it, it came to be, he, he got a hold of. He had a few songs with them that ended up being big, but... But a lot of those, they they wrote right there in the studio with Norman, and Norman was a big part of, of, uh, of, of kind of those songs coming to be, and so. That's so cool. That's like that's the Clovis, New Mexico claim to fame, right? <laughs> oh yeah, you know, and it's it's funny that like that studio sits out there, and it's out on Seventh Street, so it's kind of like it's off the beaten path for for where, what Clovis is now. But it, like it's crazy. You go in that studio and it's set up exactly the same way as when the crickets recorded there. So like it's just amazing the the you know a tiny little. It's kind of a house converted, but it's it's incredible. So so you guys did something really cool. I and you and I didn't tell you I was going to ask you in advance. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you about this, but I'm still really fascinated by it because. Um, during the pandemic, you and Jimmy Neese, and I, I don't know if Shim was part, you guys did something kind of cool, didn't you? Where you were like, right, was it was it like you were writing a song a day or oh, what, what was the? Well, so I don't know. Shim was, he was more involved in like in kind of the production of those. But yeah, so yeah, well, I guess it was during the pandemic that, uh, of course, Nothing was really open. Like live music wasn't really happening, and uh, of course, so Jimmy, who I've played with now for, I think we decided the other day it's like seventeen years we've kind of been like musical partners. I guess you'd call it. Um, we would, you know, he would be working. You know, he'd be taking a break at his job, or he'd be at his house, and he would send me a like a voice memo recording you know and like with a text hey what do you think of this one 
oh, cool. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm writing too. So I'd send something back to him. What do you think of this one? And so, I mean, before we knew it, we were like two weeks in. And I was like, I was trying to keep up with him because he was kind of on a tear. And so I, like, I'm like, Jimmy, like, that's like 15, 20 songs that we've each contributed in the last, you know, in the last like 10 days. And, and so like, we were like, well, maybe and at that time we weren't like, even before the pandemic, we weren't really playing. The band would get together once, twice a year. And we were kind of like, maybe we should do something, you know? And so we, that, that kind of like sparked us kind of getting things out of the closet and firing things back up. And we recorded a few songs with Shim and, and so, yeah, like it, it, uh, I, I always thought, um, outwardly, like the pandemic was going to be really great for artists, but I was thinking of, you know, guys that you, you see on TV or, you know, on, on the radio or whatever. And it really, like, it really helped us as well. I mean, we, we got busy and wasn't a lot to do. And so, uh, yeah, so we, we actually do have, uh, there's probably, I, I don't know if there's a hundred songs, but there's, there's a, a pretty good, a pretty good grip of songs out there that were like, Jimmy just told me the other day, he's like, man, we need to start recording some of that beyond demos. And I was like, yeah, I think we do. So, so where, so where do you record something? I'm curious about that. So I record out in my shop. Um, and, and yeah, so like I have a little setup out there and, uh, you know, we just try to try to isolate things as much as we can. And then, you know, we've done different setups where like with, with our pedal steel stuff, I'll send, I'll send a track to, to Johnny and he'll kind of have a listen and he'll send me back some samples of stuff that he's, you know, and then we'll, we'll kind of collaborate there. And, um, and then he'll like Johnny will, he'll help me with mixing certain, you know, certain parts of the song and, you know, maybe bring this in or, you know, he kind of, kind of acts like a producer, but not, he's pretty, you know, he's pretty hands off. He kind of lets us figure out things. We'll send stuff off to Shim and he kind of does the same thing with some production. And, and so, yeah, like it's, it's pretty grassroots type of stuff, but, uh, you know, I think if, I, I think in the next year we'd like to get in somewhere and, and, you know, make like quote unquote, a real record with, you know, with a, with a group of musicians and some collaboration and face to face. <laughs> You know, there was just somebody I was reading about in the New Mexico magazine, a woman who now is making music in Amarillo, uh, I'm sorry, Albuquerque, um, who's who created her own studio at home. I, I'm just really, can you do that? I mean, is it possible? Oh, yeah. You know, that, yeah, thinking about Norman's studio, they would record the band all in one room. And so they'd have to like try to isolate everybody. I mean, there was just so much to it. And now just with, you know, with just technology, I mean, recording a podcast over, over a kind of a zoom is, is kind of just, you know, it's a telltale of, of how far technology has gotten us. And, and I still believe in some of that old, you know, like you can't beat a lot of that old analog stuff, but for convenience and getting things done, I mean, you can, 
the sky's the limit really of of what you can do with a computer and a microphone really so wow well i'm excited so if you had a dream let's talk dream venues first like if you had a dream venue in new mexico where do you think you'd like to play i mean what i mean cold beer new mexico sounds to me kind of like a dream place to play <laughs> but, but you know, there's yeah yeah the i the mean mother i'm just i'm curious if you've ever thought wow if i could play in this one place oh i don't know you know um we got to take you know our our girls went to that uh that camp at the at the opera this summer oh yeah yeah and like seeing that place is just like it's just such a massive you know you just you can't miss it like so something like that would be really cool um and the acoustics are perfect the acoustics are perfect and i mean just but i think like um when i think about and this may be backwards as a musician but uh not so much as a new mexican is that when i think of venues um and i guess this shows my age as well when i think of venues i think of like the city that i'm going to or the town or the village or whatever um but i think about like oh i went you know so and so that i went to college with i think you know they live over there so now i can like it's an excuse to see an old friend or to go eat at a certain place that you know that we you know we all have those places like you have to eat here when you go there and so like just like you talking about those red river venues um my kids love Red River, and so I'm always like, man, if we could get something up there, the kids could go, and we could, you know, they like to go skiing, and then they like the summertime up there. So, yeah, like, it, it's, of course, there's a, a lot of, for me, that, like, my, uh, like, if I had, like, a bucket list venue, it might be some of those old venues that we used to play that don't exist anymore, you know, like, uh, one place we really loved was Hurricane Alley in Las Cruces. In Las Cruces, it was all those New Mexico State kids, you know. And uh, I don't think it's there anymore. It's a different name or it's a different type of venue now. And so, yeah, you know, it's just something like that that you're just like, oh, I remember, you know, I remember those old times. Or, you know, I mean, there's just, there's great places all over the state that, you know, that there's, there's cold beers, Colfax taverns all over the state that, you know, all these hidden gyms that Willard cantinas that are out there. So, so, so maybe we should do a dive bar music venue tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first. Yeah. Maybe we should try to talk to all those people and then like line up, a line up something. I always wanted to write a coffee put, coffee table book that was dive bars in new mexico so um like what's the one in um white oh yeah um this podcast would be much easier if i had a memory um you know down by white um, oaks in white oaks white oaks what's the name of that um oh i i've seen I, we we were gonna play there uh like pre-covid and, and kind of you know that kind of fell through during during the pandemic but um you, you had a remember. gig there well, yeah, uh, we had a drummer at that time that uh, he he spent a lot of time down there, and so we were we kind of had like an open invitation, and we you know it just kind of didn't happen, and then when the world stopped, we 
you know, it just kind of didn't didn't end up in fruition. So, but no, that's I've seen pictures and videos of that place, and that's a that's a cool little cool little place. So yeah, yeah. So I think we'll we'll put that on our list and um, on the tour. Yeah, yeah. Let's put that on the tour. Um, <laughs> that'd be so much fun. That'd be so cool. I I also there another cool story. Uh, a guy that I used to play with. Um, his dad was telling us, and they were musicians. They helped us out so much, and when we first started, and uh, his name is Larry Luce, and he was telling me a story one time. He said, "Yeah, Kenny, we were down in Silver City one time, and there was like four of us in a little tiny dive bar, and I don't remember which one it was down there, but he's like, there was like four or five people sitting in this bar, and this band was setting up." said we were just kind of excited to to hear some live music and it ended up it was waylon jennings and his you know and his band his crew they were just passing through and he said they just sat there and they played their stuff and they played all like a bunch of rock and roll cover songs and stuff and for like five six people and, and the bar staff that's so, <laughs> so cool that's like the first time i ever saw guy clark um play we're both huge Guy Clark fans, but we just went, I just saw accidentally somewhere in a newspaper because this was way before the internet, that he was going to be playing in Red River at a, at a songwriting festival. And um, we went and there were like 27 people watching Guy Clark play. And he sat about, you know, it's, he's, he played about eight feet from me. And I was like, and the same thing is true. You know, they used to do a festival here called um, the Thirsty Ear Festival that they did out at the Eves Movie Ranch here in Santa Fe. And I saw Guy Clark play there. And I was like, these guys don't care how many people show up. They just want to play music. You know, it wasn't like he was, he needed a, you know, he wasn't the kind of songwriter performer who needed, you know, a, a you know, a, a 45,000 audience super dumb he just wanted to play music he just wanted people to hear his music that seems like yeah yeah and that's or, or, i'm sorry about new mexico anywhere but in santa fe too you know people like yeah the bourbon cowboy cowboys just show up at the cowgirl yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean you those songwriters i've heard i've heard guy talk about it a bunch and you know like endless endless amount of those guys that i look up to and um, it's not so much about, of course, they do want people to hear it, but a lot of it's kind of therapy for the songwriter is to, to kind of get that out and, you know, kind of tell that story or get that feeling kind of out of their head or out of their heart or whatever. So I'm supposed to ask you, <laughs> but first, I think, I think you need to tell folks where you're living now and, What's your favorite thing about New Mexico? That's, I think we want to give people a place, but. Oh, well, so I live in Logan right now. So we're on the east side of the state. We're in Quake County. Um, you might know closer, like, what are we, like 8,000 population in Quake County? Probably Oh, do you think it's like that, that much? 20, I don't know. It's four miles from Tucumcari. That's how people can figure it out. Yeah, so. We are, um, we're pretty rural, um, 
And then I, we spend a lot of time in Harding County, which is where my wife is from, and uh, they are, I don't know if they have a thousand people in Harding County. Oh, no, County. I think they have like 435. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> super rural. But uh, so, yeah, we uh, we actually, the Ghost Runners, the band now, we, we tell everybody that when they're like, because when we say Americana, people are like, what? I mean, still to, you know, what is Americana? And so we just tell people, well, our, our brand of Americana, like we call it rural rock. So That's a great uh, way to put we, it, yeah. We think it's rock and roll, but it always comes out as country. So that's, <laughs> but yeah, oh man, my favorite part about New Mexico, holy cow. Um, you you can have more. Well, like I said before, like there's so many places that I yeah I mean there's so many places in New Mexico that I just you know I, I just adore uh, you know I love being in Santa Fe. Um, I you know we spent it's been a while but we spent so much time in Las Cruces. I love that place. Um, and of course there's tons of places in between. Um, you know, I, I love going out to to the ranch at my in-laws, um, spending time out there. Um, Just so people know, her, their ranch is really close to the Bell, right? I mean, their address is Roy, but they're close, they're down the hill close to the Bell Ranch, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, as far as the Bell is so huge that they're only, I mean, they're 10 miles from, from parts of the Bell. Um, but from the headquarters of Bell, I don't know. They might be, might be thirty miles. But it's yeah, it's out there in. Uh, they're partly in Harding County and partly in San Miguel, and uh, lots of. I think you've been out there, once or twice. So I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous, and it's uh, miles and miles of, uh, of space, you know, and so. I love being being out in those parts, but I also, you know, I get I get just as excited to, I mean, hell, go to the cowgirl and and have a bite to eat or have a beer or, and see some music or whatever. Well, so. I so so here's what I'd like to do for the next podcast that you're that 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 you're going to be on because because we, we know we want to come back and talk a lot more, but um um. I'd like, you know, if we could come up with a list of, um, you know, New Mexico musicians that that we can interview and um, talk to, even do it together. It'd be really fun to, to um, you know, we, we talk a lot about place and we talk a lot about food. Um, and, and I'm about to do a, a podcast about New Mexico books. But I think... I, th I mean, like I said, I think the music scene is alive and well, and it's everything from, um, you know, opera to Americana. So, so let's figure that out. Let's first of all, though, let's set up a dive dive bar tour for sure. So. Oh yeah, I I think that's got to happen. <laughs> I think that's got to be our priority. Yeah. yeah, that's that is a good priority. So cool. Well, you send me a list of ideas, and I'll do the same thing, and then we'll set it up. That sounds good. Okay. Kenny, thanks for being here. We're going to put up links to all of your music. And we're going to, since you guys have 100 songs, we're dying to hear how you get, uh, oh, we, want to, we want to hear the next album. How's that? 
Sure, me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Cool. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you so much. Here I am back on the road, heading out west to the mountain time zone. There's one thing that's on my mind. There's a girl in New Mexico whose eyes are green and hair is gold. I can't wait to have her by my side. New Mexico, New Mexico, give me back the one I love to hold. New Mexico, New Mexico, got the pedal down as far as it will go. My baby back in